0: good evening everyone and welcome back to another episode of if you smell what the arch is cooking i am your host archie mitchell and we are back with another action pack week that's right the world of modern day professional wrestling is coming back in a big way in my opinion because well let's face it every company is firing on all cylinders that's right and if you miss even just five minutes of an action-packed episode of raw smackdown dynamite nxt or any of the other wrestling that we have at our disposal well you have to go back and find it somewhere well that's why i'm here i am here to give you your weekly dose of what you missed what you saw what i thought and what you need to hear tonight we will have our normal quick hits and highlight reel but on the highlight reel will also be aew dynamite why because i will be reviewing nxt halloween havoc and nxt tuesday night from usa and then to wrap the entire show up i'm going to go ahead and do a new segment that i'm doing just for this week and it's called the top names in their company currently We'll look at all of the companies that I'm currently watching, and I will tell you who I think, in my opinion, are the top guys. Because, well, that's what we do on the show. I tell you what I think and what I'm seeing uh, in the top wrestling promotions in the world. So, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Let's go ahead and get into some quick hits, ladies and gentlemen. And this week, we start off with a doozy. Number one, Ryback is attempting to sue Ezekiel Elliott for using the feed me saying. Now, I don't know if most of you remember Ryback. I've tried to block out a lot of his career in my mind. But he used to use a catchphrase that was feed me more. And yes, the crowd would play along and they would go ahead and say it as the big man would basically pump his hands up and down into the air and as we all know Ezekiel Elliott the running back for the Dallas Cowboys America's team uh, also uses a saying called feed me now are these very similar yes and they're only missing one word the word more but Ryback is trying to say that he copyrighted this intellectual property and that he should be paid or compensated every time it is used so therefore he is suing Ezekiel elliott in my humble opinion i think that ryback is grasping at straws and looking for anything to keep him relevant such as him doing his weekly commentary on what's going on in wwe him talking about how bad AEW is and him always seeming to say whenever there's a mystery guy about to pop out, well, I guess I'll head to Buffalo or wherever WWE or AEW or NXT is that night in order to make the fans think that it's him. In my, again, humble opinion, I have to say, I think that it's time to for ride back to ride off into the sunset and leave professional wrestling to the professionals because bro, yeah, that's right. It sounded like Vince Russo, bro. You definitely did your fair share of injuring people. You botched a ton and not Skip Shellfield nor Ryback got over all that well for you to think that your opinion matters. Number two, CJ Perry, aka Lana, says she's open to a WWE return or AEW debut. Well, I would hope so because she hasn't done shit since leaving the WWE. Um, Of course, Lana is married to Rusev, Miro, in AEW, and I'm surprised that she hasn't been brought into that company because I would have thought that Miro would have loved to have gotten his wife a job. No, all she's basically done is made TikTok and Instagram videos and a little bit of modeling here and there. Nothing big, though. Nothing you may have saw unless she posted it on her social media. And um, like I said, I'm sure she'd be ecstatic if a company came running and asking her to join them and either return or debut. The problem is C.J. Perry, a.k.a. Lana, is not very good. This woman is best known for being put through a table a year or so back by Nia Jax, repeatedly. And when I say repeatedly, I believe the number got up to 11, 11 weeks in a row of her being put through a table. And then she finally got her bravery and beat Nia Jax at the Survivor Series. And that was great and well, but it didn't do anything for her career. She was best served when she was a mouthpiece for Rusev, her husband, and using a Russian accent. When they had her re- drop the Russian accent and begin talking normal, well, It really didn't make her all that appealing anymore. She was just some blonde girl on our television. And in my opinion, because she's been off our television for so long, she needs to stay there. She either needs to stay home and do her little bit of work that she does and continue being a TikToker. Or beg and plead Tony Khan to do a line of coke and hire her. (laughs) <laughs> it's just that simple, folks. Lana will not bring anything to the table for either company. She is basically TNA, no pun intended to the company, Impact Wrestling. Uh, and, I mean, it's really, it, it's it's silly for her to even think she'd be uh, having a chance to be hired by either company. Number three, WWE and GCW in talks to get GCW shows on the WWE Network and Peacock. Now, some of you might be saying why some of you might be saying oh yes i need that and some of you may be like me who are on the fence i have watched quite a bit of gcw where guys like effie and nick gage have had incredible matches death matches of course but incredible matches nonetheless and i think that this would help bring gcw to a broader audience it would allow them to use the uh Network and Peacock to, you know, get all of their past shows out. And why not? The only thing that I have a problem with is could that possibly mean that these wrestlers from GCW would find their way onto WWE programming? No, they would not, because the WWE, although not denying it or confirming it, have said that if this did happen, GCW would not be on Raw or SmackDown or even in NXT. So we don't got to worry about nick gage in a ski mask coming on to monday night raw or smackdown and robbing our time like he did that bank all that long time ago <laughs> uh but if gcw were to get on peacock or the network and we got a chance to see their pay-per-views i'd definitely check it out and i'd be okay with uh, getting a look at a better look at the product you know it's it's just that simple and finally number four jim ross is officially cancer free congratulations to jim ross he has grinned and bared it since he has been going through this i know that it has been very troubling for him it has very been very debilitating and i am very happy to hear that he is finally over that sickness and is completely cancer free um You don't want to hear that anybody gets that type of uh, problem or disease in their life. You don't want to hear that they have to, you know, constantly deal with chemotherapy and other things going on in that nature. What you want to hear is that they've finally beaten it. So congratulations, Jim. You are always in our thoughts and prayers and in our best wishes. And I'm happy to hear that Jim Ross has done this. Um, One last thing. Fuck cancer. So with that being said, Let's go ahead and get into my favorite segment on the show. And that is, of course, the one and only highlight reel. And starting us off is Monday Night Raw this week. We've got Finn Balor taking on Carl Anderson in the opening matchup. This was a great outing for both, a 20 minute back and forth match in which. Both men got highlighted. We saw some great moves from both Finn and Carl, and the Judgment Day and OC Club got their chance to actually continue their storyline. I mean, we saw Rhea Ripley body slam uh, Doug Gallows, who's not a small man, and we saw Dominic Mysterio and AJ Styles continue to go at it. The one part I had a problem with was Dominic Mysterio calling himself uh, this generation's Eddie Guerrero, but then switching it and saying that Eddie Guerrero was his generation's Dominic Mysterio. Now, I really don't have a problem with this, per se, because I've wanted Dominic to embrace Eddie and maybe even go towards the Eddie and Ray storyline in which uh, Eddie said that he was Dominic's father. But I have a problem with Dominic taking all the credit for his character, which he kind of lacks. But that being said, it was still a great matchup. Number two over on Raw is uh, Mustafa Ali and Austin Theory's one-on-one battle, which led to a brawl between Rollins and Ali. I love that Ali is being pushed. I think he's a great talent, and I think that he deserves this. I don't expect him to beat Seth, but I do expect him to put on one hell of a feud. And Austin Theory is slowly growing on me with his in-ring persona as well as the way he's really, really playing with the Money in the Bank briefcase and always making us wonder if he's about to cash in. Number three, Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano. Great outing for both. And finally, number four, Bailey taking on Bianca Belair, with the return of Nikki Cross at the ending of Monday Night Raw. Nikki Cross has been playing with her. Nikki, almost a superhero gimmick for well over a year. And I think that she finally deserves to go back to her original character and be given time in a feud with either Bianca or Bailey or all three of them going at it in order to get a women's champion or what have you. Uh, I've always loved the crazy Nikki Cross gimmick, and I think it will help her in the long run more so than the Nikki ASH did. Moving on to AEW Dynamite, which is usually a full review, but as I said, I moved it here to the uh, highlight reel just for this week in order to talk about NXT in its fullest number one, Claudio and uh, Wheeler Yuta taking on Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia, and then Danielson and Wheeler Yuta's backstage promo, which was a extension of that. I love the way Wheeler Yuta is growing and I think Daniel Garcia is doing the same and Jericho and Claudio always put on a hell of a battle, but The backstage segment between Danielson and Yuta is getting hot and uh, crazy, uh, if I could say it uh, in any way. What I mean by hot is I think these two are basically uh, dead set on going one-on-one, which would be a fantastic matchup. And crazy because it's, it's, it's really crazy to see the Blackpool Combat Club coming to almost fist. Uh, over what's going on and of course yuda is pissed because danielson was backing daniel garcia number two ftr taking on swerve in our glory it was kind of a shock to see swerve and lee beat ftr but of course it was done thanks to the gun club uh but a great outing for both tag teams number uh three mjf's promo this guy comes out and delivers a promo that is amazing every week. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he's practicing in the mirror. He, when he said that he's going to take that massive chip off his shoulder and shove it down everybody's throats, I believed him. When he said that he's going to become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, I believed him. And when he told Stokely Hathaway to leave Moxley alone, I believe him. Number four, Danielson versus Guevara, a 20-minute back-and-forth fight. Say what you will about Sammy Guevara and his entire asshole persona backstage when the cameras aren't rolling. <clears throat> this kid can go in the ring. And of course, Brian Danielson is perhaps one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world currently. And finally, number five, Moxley versus Pentagon, with the firm attacking Moxley and turning on MJF to end the show moxley and penta put on a hell of a 12-minute matchup moxley of course retained and then the firm came out to attack despite mjf telling stokely not to get involved with moxley and making him 100 for the pay-per-view well they defied him and of course ran to the ring and beat down mox mjf comes to his aid because the bbc are uh in the back or the bcc that's well, the blackpool combat club excuse me Blackpool. the bcc were locked backstage So MJFKF comes to his uh, aid, and the firm turned on him, which I thought was really rare to see uh, a heel be turned on by other heels, but of course, this does not exactly make MJF a face now, it just means he's not a heel at heart, it's almost like he's a tweener, but it was a great segment. And it definitely uh, moved along the storyline between Mox, MJF, and everyone else involved. And finally, over on SmackDown, uh, the opener, Sami Zayn and Solo Sukhoi taking on the Brawling Brutes after you know the Bloodline took out Sheamus last week. Great continuing of the storyline there. Uh, great outing for all four. And the Brawling Brutes getting a much-needed win. Definitely uh, incredible to see. Uh, the Bloodline's promo afterwards... I don't know if it was Sami Zayn's comedy and him breaking roman reigns mid-ring and seeing jay and roman not be able to hold their composure or if it was the way roman reigns delivered this promo to jay uso it was fantastic though and i thoroughly enjoyed it number three we saw emma's return that's right the evolution is back in the wwe now i don't know if this was for one night only because she answered ronda rousey's open challenge or if this will be a continuedness and she will be back on Monday night raw or SmackDown completely, but it was still great to see Emma back in the WWE ring. And finally, Bray Wyatt's promo to end SmackDown. You know, this guy comes out and he says that he is changed and he's here just as himself. And that he, you know, is showing us the real Bray Wyatt. And then, The screen goes black, and you go to the big screen, and it's one of his masks or one of his personas taking over. This one happens to be known as uh, Uncle Howdy. And I have to say, it is a crazy-looking mask. It is fantastically well-made, and it is really well done. Kudos to the WWE for going ahead and doing this, uh, and kudos to Bray Wyatt for coming up with it. It was fantastic, a great ending to Friday Night SmackDown. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into our first show review, and it is NXT's Halloween Havoc. And NXT's Halloween Havoc started out with Chucky running down the card for tonight. That's right, WWE continues to use Chucky. Uh, all they can because of their affiliation with USA Network and because Liv Morgan is going to be on an episode of Chucky this week. Uh, we then shoot the Shotzi and Mabel Dust Quincy welcoming us to the show. We get a recap and it will apparently be Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller in a casket match after they spun the wheel for their spin the wheel make the deal match. We go to our opening matchup and it's the North American ladder match between Carmelo Hayes, Von Wagner Wes Lee, Nathan Frazier, and Ora Mensa. A good opening matchup and a good ladder match altogether. Not the best ladder match NXT has ever produced, but good. Hazley Lee and Mensa took it to the air and astonished the crowd. Frazier proved he is an asset and should be in line for a push. And Von Wagner proved he's a monster that needs to be unleashed. Lee stopped Carmelo from climbing the ladder and finally got up himself and pulled down the North American title at 21 minutes your winner and new north american champion wesley good opener definitely great to see the way nxt has started out halloween havoc the druids bring a casket to the ring but we're sent to toxic attraction going to meet alba fire in a haunted house everything about this cinematic segment was fun and well done jc being scared Gigi embracing the frightening aspects until it was too late and her being pulled into a refrigerator. And Mandy Rose being a badass was great. Alba Fire was incredible from her face paint to her actions. And when it was all ended, they made their way to the arena in the White Suburban as we saw. I was ready for more, but I thought it was a great cinematic uh, effort by the WWE and NXT Time for the casket match between Apollo Cruz and Grayson Waller. This one was good, but kind of weird and left me questioning where they're going with this feud. Waller was uh, inventive uh, with his offense and had Apollo guessing. Cruz was brutal and a powerhouse and flung Grayson all around the arena. Waller sent Cruz through the casket, and I thought, as did Booker T, that the match was over. But apparently it wasn't another casket got brought out and the match continued and after 25 minutes Apollo Crews finally put Grayson Waller in the casket and shut the lid to get the win again I'm puzzled I thought if you end up in the casket match over I guess not who am I though right what do I know JD McDowell is shown preparing for his match uh and main event uh, the triple threat for the World Heavyweight title later on tonight. Chase U is then shown, and their Halloween havoc is uh, going on their exam and failing. They are failing miserably. Duke Hudson has now joined the university and knows the answers to every question. Bodhi tells Andre he questions the legitimacy of Duke joining Chase U to end the segment. And I'm kind of questioning it, too. Pretty deadly. Chance and Carter over argue over who the most dominant tag team has been in NXT. They think it's one of them. But I'm saying it's a tie between DIY and the Undisputed Era. We go to our weapons match next and it's Cora Jade taking on Roxanne Perez. The opening of this match was a little sloppy. Neither woman seemed to have control. As the match progressed, it got better and Roxanne showed off her killer instinct. The fall off the top of the stage was brutal, and both the women were down for about a minute. Back inside the ring, we saw that code red on top of the mountain of chairs. Perez got the win, and uh, after a great 15-minute match, she gets the win, celebrates with the crowd. Not bad, but just okay. I said great, and it was great, but these two women could have gotten so much more out of this matchup, in my humble opinion. December 10th, NXT's last premium line event of the year, Deadline. I've heard reports that this may have to do with the deadline Triple H gave some of the NXT talent about making a name for themselves. So I like the name and the tie in there, if that's what's going on. Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Mabel Dust Quincy come to the ring and play and hype up the crowd, but are interrupted by Lash Legend. Lash wants to be the host of Halloween Havoc, but... Quincy keeps shutting her up, and this allows Shotzi to take her out with a DDT. As crazy and annoying as this segment was, it was short and to the point, so I could handle it. The schism says that their masked partner will be revealed on NXT this week. I cannot wait to see who this is and what it adds to their team as a whole. Ambulance matches next between uh, Julius Creed and Damon Kemp. I enjoyed this match from the opening bell, and both Creed and Kemp went all out. They used every weapon possible and made it look painful. Uh, Creed hit a top rope elbow and kept his opponent down. Kemp battled back with some nice-looking suplexes and a fire extinguisher to the face. We saw the ring bell, ring table, a stretcher, steps, chairs, and the ambulance come into play. Finally, Julius Creed locked Kemp in the ambulance and got the win at the 20-minute mark. I would have liked a little more wrestling, but it was still a very good matchup. Ilya Dragunov is showed preparing for his matchup and main event triple threat match for the World Heavyweight title later on tonight. And then Alba Fire and Mandy Rose finally make it to the arena to have their women's title match. And uh, Fire took it to Rose from here on out and looked to have the title in her grasp, but Toxic Attraction made their way back to the arena and began causing Alba problems again. One more distraction from Dolan and Jane allowed Mandy Rose to get a sneaky win at the 10-minute mark. Your winner and still women's champion, Mandy Rose. I like the cinematic match more than the actual match here, folks, I have to be honest, because the... Normal match was kind of just short and they just wanted to get it over with, where the cinematic part of the match actually told more of a story. We're uh shown Braun Breaker getting ready for his title defense in the main event, and we're then thrown to a highlight package for McDowell, Dragonoff, and Braun Breaker. Triple threat match time, and it's Braun Breaker. Uh, J.D. McDow and Ilya Dragunov for the NXT World Heavyweight title. J.D. stuck to his guns and allowed Breaker and Dragunov to do most of the work and only jumped in to cut off pins. It looked like Braun had this match won multiple times, but McDow broke it up. Dragunov hit a tremendous triple suplex, and McDow again broke up the pin. Breaker and Ilya finally joined forces to take out J.D., leaving it to just two of them. We saw the running headbutt and a press slam by both, but neither could get a pinfall. JD hit a wicked-looking 450 on his return to the ring, but Dragunov kicked off at two. Ilya hit the running headbutt on the outside and took McDowell out. Breaker nailed Dragunov uh, as soon as he got back in the ring with a spear and got the win in 30 minutes. Your winner and still NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Halloween Havoc was good as a whole and had some really good moments, but with Extreme Rules happening just a little bit before, a couple weeks ago, it was a little bit of overkill with all of the gimmick matches. I'm giving it a 4 out of 5 and would definitely recommend you guys checking it out because Halloween Havoc was definitely everything that it should have been, but I wanted just a little bit more. So... With that being said, let's go ahead and get into WWE NXT. And I know it's a little weird me reviewing both NXT shows, but I wanted to talk about what's going on in NXT as a whole and get everything out of the way. And we're leading in by a look back at what happened at Halloween Havoc. And then we go to the ring for our opening matchup. And it's for the NXT women's titles, tag team titles. Uh, It's Carter and Chance taking on Nikita Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Solid opening match. Both teams brought their A-game. Uh, Lynn's uh, Lions has improved and showed it with her power. Starks continues to impress and ran circles around her. the champions. Carter and Chance worked well together and did all they could to divide their opponents, but the challengers wouldn't give up. We saw Stark get the pin on Chance, and it looked like we had new champions, but Chance was not the legal person. The referee reversed his decision and restarted the match. Carter and Chance were grouped to hit their finisher and got the win in 17 minutes. Your winner and still NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Carter and Chance. Except for the false ending, this was a good tag team matchup. Ilya Dragunov cuts a promo about how close he was to becoming NXT champion and guarantees to take J.D. McDowell out tonight. A vignette for the returning Dominic Jajakovic is shown, and I, for one, am happy for him, and he deserves another chance under his regular ring name rather than being Mace or T-Bar or whichever the hell the one he was. Wesley is out next, and he wants to address the live NXT audience. West thanks the crowd and says he was in a dark place and the love of the crowd brought him back. Grayson Waller interrupts and says Lee is just sucking up and that he hates Halloween. Our Truth interrupts and welcomes everyone to Halloween Havoc. Uh, Waller tried to stop Truth and they go back and forth, but Truth keeps making fun. And then Lee finally tells Truth uh, that, you know, he understands Waller is frustrated and everything like that, but that. It's not Halloween Havoc. Truth missed it. Waller then challenges Truth to a matchup next week, and he, um, I have to be honest, he tried for a cheap shot on Truth, but Truth and Lee then took him out. Slight fun segment, but a little long and a little out of hand, if I'm honest. Blade and Enoff talk about their opportunity later on tonight, and then quote Eminem. They're ready for their tag team title match later on against Pretty Deadly. Mabel Dust introduces Shotzi, and we're ready for Lash, Legend, and Shotzi one-on-one. Mackenzie interviews Apollo Crews backstage, and he says Grayson Waller is now behind him, and he's ready to be NXT champion. He sees the vision, and when Braun Breaker returns next week, he'll be watching. Lash, Legend, taking on Shotzi Blackheart. Quick start and a quicker finish to this one. Legend tried to overpower Shotzi but she fought back and kept her bigger opponent at bay. Legend tried for a choke slam, but Shotzi countered, hit her finisher, and got the win in three minutes. Good work by NXT. They need to keep Lash in the ring as less as possible. The Creeds are getting amped up backstage, and Brutus looks ready for his five minutes with Damon Kemp. The Creeds come out, and Julius and Brutus cut a heartfelt promo about what they've gone through. Damon Kemp is shown on the big screen, and he says he is not medically cleared, but he will get to Brutus in the future. Out of nowhere, Sangha and Veer Mahan hit the ring and take the creeds apart. They've reunited in a big way. Pretty Deadly are shown, talking about their title defense tonight. It looks like they're finally being serious, but then they snap back to their annoying-as-fuck selves. Toxic Attraction is shown on three-way FaceTime, and uh, they are discussing Halloween Havoc. Next week, Mandy Rose and the girls will celebrate one year of Mandy as NXT champion. And I can't lie, they've done a ton for the division since coming together one year ago. And now it is time for the NXT World Tag Team title matchup. It's Enoff and Blade taking on Pretty Deadly. Very good back-and-forth outing for both teams. Enoff and Blade showed a ton of innovative and high-flying offense. Wilson and Prince used anything they could and even pulled off some underhanded tactics behind the referee's back. It looked like Malik Blade had it won, but Wilson stopped the pinfall. Wilson and Prince then hit their double-team finishing move and got the win in 14 minutes. Your winners, and still the NXT Tag Team Champions, pretty deadly. Enjoyable tag match from beginning to end, in my opinion. J.D. McDoe sends a message to Ilya Dragunov ahead of their main event matchup. Mackenzie then is shown interviewing Starks and Lions about their match earlier, and Zoe is pissed. I don't blame her because the ref missing the tag was kind of BS. And a pin is a pin, in my opinion. The schism is out next with Joe Gacy, and it's time to reel who's under the mask. Gacy and the diad talk about how bad NXT is and it being in need of a cleansing. They're a unit and they uh want to get stronger tonight, so the masked wrestler does unmask and it is revealed as ava rain the daughter of the rock ladies and gentlemen that's right she has finally debuted in nxt she says the love and acceptance from the schism has taken uh, away from who the people think she's supposed to be and that this is her true family i'm actually shocked And this was the perfect debut for her, in my opinion, because when you think of how The Rock debuted and you think about how bad uh, Rocky Maivia was with the fans booing him and then finally coming into his own in the Nation of Domination, I think she's perfectly at home in the schism and can hone her craft here. Mackenzie is interviewing Surfer Girl, and she's excited. Indy Hartwell shows up and tells her that it is all about winning and nothing more. We get a vignette and a phone call is placed to the performance center and then a chilly message is left on the answering service. And the message read, let go of all your pain, washing away your deepest fears, began the voicemail. Listen with your eyes, speaking with your ears, awaken from the pits to call you into the dark, opening up to all the soliloquy is just the start. Watch as I come and leave my mark as I plan to rip NXT apart. Sincerely, Scripps. Now, having looked into this slightly, the name Scripps was recently copyrighted by the WWE, along with a bunch of other names for wrestlers who are about to debut in nxt at the performance center so this very well may be a brand new wrestler set to debut or this could be a repackaged superstar i'm gonna go with it being a brand new superstar and i like the way that they're debuting him what i don't like is it being so cryptic because when you got joe gacy in the schism and now bray wyatt back over on smackdown Maybe it's too much dark and scary things, and I get it. We're in the middle of Halloween season, but it's almost over. So I would like for the next messages to be a little less cryptic and a little more to the point and maybe get us to understand who or what this is going to be. So, we go to the ring now for our next matchup, and it's Indy Hartwell taking on Sol Roka, the surfer girl. Uh, decent match with both women hitting some right hands and a couple of slams. Roka got a little uh, lead way, but Indy hit a wicked-looking clothesline and took it to her opponent. Hartwell hit her finisher and got the win in three minutes. Short and sweet. Well done. Post-match, Elektra Lopez hit the ring and made her return to NXT by taking out Roka and Hartwell. The former Legado del Fantasma member is back, and she looks pissed. Chase U is shown, and Bodhi is missing, but Duke Hudson is back. Andre is schooling the class on the holiday season and what it means to WWE. The segment ends with Hudson stealing a pen. I don't know where this is going. I'm, I'm not sure, and I'm not going to pretend like I like it so far because I don't know where it's going. It could end up into just a big pile of poop. Who knows? And then it's time for our main event, and what a main event these two put on. It was fast and furious from the beginning. Dragunov took it to McDowell with a triple suplex and ended it with a teardrop. They waged war throughout the rest of the match, and both men wouldn't give an inch. McDowell went back to his cheating ways and got the advantage, but Ilya just kept fighting. We then saw a bad-looking spot, and Dragunov was less left laying with the referee checking on him. McDow got the win at the 15-minute mark after a referee stoppage. This is the second week in a row, first Hangman Page uh, over on uh, AEW, and now Dragunov on NXT. Post-match, they checked on Dragonoff and got him on a stretcher as McDow watched on. I hope he's all right, and this is just a work, but in all honesty, I don't know yet. NXT definitely delivered coming off of Halloween Havoc and put on another good episode, giving it a four out of five because the in-read action was good. And the new storylines have me guessing and wondering what's about to go on. So with that being said, we come to our final segment of the evening. And I am calling this the State of the Union. Who's the top star in their respected companies? And Let's go ahead and start it off with number one, Impact Wrestling, and I give that to the Impact Champion, Josh Alexander. That guy is actually a weapon. It's not just a name that he gave himself. Josh Alexander has been taking on all comers and is doing a fantastic job. Number two in New Japan, the IWGP Champion, Jay White, is the man in my opinion. He has been Wrestling all over the world as of late and doing everything he can to get over. And guess what? He has done just that. MLW, I give it to Hammerstone, the reigning MLW champion. Now, I know you guys are seeing a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of continuance with it being the champions. But I promise you, it gets better. Hammerstone has had incredible matchups. With uh, everybody on that roster, and even a couple of NWA stars as well, so I think that he is deserving of the spot. Over in NXT, it's Braun Breaker, the NXT champion. This young man has been a true breakout star this year, and has done everything acts of him and he can possibly do as the champion. Now, over in AEW, no, it's not John Moxley. No, it's not CM Punk. He ain't there anymore, and it certainly ain't Kenny Omega because. He's still on suspension. In AEW, in my opinion, it is MJF. Because the damn approval that this man is getting from the fans. The fact that they are talking along with his promos. The fact that they are quoting him. The fact that they are eating up every word that he is saying. Makes him the number one star in AEW. And finally, in the WWE I got to do this in parts, though, because there are two. And the 1A, Bray Wyatt. The 1B, Roman Reigns. Bray Wyatt, because since his return, the fans have been cheering him completely. They have been on their feet. They are been... Again, chomping at the bit to listen to his every word, and it has been absolutely fantastic. Now, over on the flip side, you've got Roman Reigns, who isn't just allowing them to eat out of the palm of his hand uh, with his promos. You understand? He's not just dazzling us with his words. When he does get in the ring, he's delivering the work. This man has beaten everybody in his uh, path, from Goldberg to Roman Reigns to John Cena, you know what I mean, to Brock Lesnar. Uh, Roman Reigns has beaten everybody that he possibly can so it it that is definitely the 1A and 1B in that spectrum every company has been producing incredible stars over the last few months the WWE is bringing back new stars left and right uh, and the, even AEW is, is debuting people like Soraya and many others over the last couple of months that's why I say Wrestling is once again firing on all cylinders, and we are back in an influx of good actual wrestling shows. So, if you miss one, guess what? You got to go back and find it. I want to thank you guys for joining me as usual. I want to thank you guys for always being there and allowing me to spew my venom, my hate, and my love for the world of professional wrestling. And I'll be back next week. But here's a programming note next week. We are only going to be, well, actually, no, here's, I, I, I'm al- almost messed up there. I'm, I'm used to flubbing my lines. There will be two shows possibly next week. I will be recording on Thursday uh, and talking about the card, strictly the card, for WWE Crown Jewel, all right? So we're going to talk about the card, and we're going to give it a little bit of a review on what I think might happen and there may even be a couple of special guests on that show with me. And then I will co- record regular, if you smell what the yard is cooking, as usual, either on Friday or Saturday or whenever, and talk about what happened in the week's worth of wrestling on AEW and NXT. So make sure you stay tuned. There will be a couple of big episodes coming up, and there may be even a fun one coming up where I look at some stuff from the past, such as Raw and Nitro. You never know. So, until next time, I will see you on If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking.